the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Anyway, I'm excited to do this, buddy. This is going to be yeah. fun. Um, I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to it. So let's just start with f- folks who are listening or watching this. We're going to release this as a bonus episode so people get a taste of it. We're going to hook the people and then uh, ask them to join the Patreon. We'll also release it on Patreon, of course. So whether you're watching this on Patreon or you're listening to it on our regular podcast feed, thank you for listening. This is what we are getting down on. I wanted to call it Peter and around, but <laughs> <laughs> Peter came through with a better suggestion. Um, My limited veto powers. Came <laughs> <to the back. laughs> uh, so for folks who've listened to the show for a while, you know, Peter, my good friend, Peter Haroldson. Uh, we've been friends for a decade now, which is kind of wild to think. Yeah, and um, he is just a dear, dear friend, uh, absolutely hilarious person and uh, a very smart man who um turns me on to all kinds of interesting things and i thought this would be a lot of fun because our there's crossover in our interests but there's um but we really have different taste i think in in a lot of things and so i'm excited to hear what you what you've been getting down on and we're going to do this once a month i used to do this just for myself at the end of the show it was a segment i had at the end of the show and then i transferred that over to patreon uh, but this is going to be a regular thing. We're going to do it the first uh, Monday of each month, and we're just going to bring something to the table. So uh, Peter's got a video game, his game of the year that he's going to talk about. And then I'm going to talk about uh, a film called Amsterdam that I think I'm the only person who liked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward to defending my position there. Um, but thanks, Peter. Let's let's get into it, man. Tell me yeah. about Citizen Sleeper. So first off, I picked it, one, because it is my game of the year, but two, because I thought you would absolutely love this game. It's Mm. what's called a visual novel. Uh, And so, as you might guess, that means there's a lot of reading. And essentially, a visual novel means it's toned down on like game mechanics, but toned up in terms of story, right? It's you're reading essentially a book. And so the way that it works is uh, the storyline behind this visual novel, Citizen Sleeper, is the uh your the main character is like an android who has been it's in the future and essentially somebody sold their biological rights away and this corporation grew an android and then the corporation uh embeds like planned obsolescence into the android so it has to get like medicine essentially all the time to make sure it stays alive and you escape as this android and you end up on a satellite that's got all these different factions in it and the game is amazing the only game aspect to it is every day you roll a couple dice and those dictate what you can do so like a six means you're gonna kill whatever activity you do that day you're gonna do great um, a one means you are going to fail that activity or it basically your odds are extremely low of succeeding. And what happens is the entire game is you are hungry and you need to have your medicine. And so 
the less medicine, like the lower you are in the medicine, the harder it is to work and the harder it is to actually, like you cut down on like, maybe you roll four dice, then three, then two, then one. And so what it becomes is just this absolute, like I'm getting like chills right now because it really is just like a perfect metaphor for capitalism, right? Ah, the, ah. And, and depression and all these things like that because the harder, like you need to work to stay alive. Nobody is helping you at the beginning of the game. You're literally living out of a like uh, shipping crate that the the guy, there's a guy who's like, well, you can stay here, but you need to help me. And so you have to divide your time between helping this guy so he doesn't tell the port authority about you. Hmm. Meanwhile, you're slowly losing your health. You can't find your medicine. Your body is literally breaking down around wow. you. Mm -hmm. And and because your body's breaking down, you can't work as hard. So then it means you are less likely to get money than you are. And, and then you start getting and slowly you start to to expand on this where you run into like a criminal element who's able to get you your medicine but then the doctor is like kind of like well maybe you help me out with some things uh. um and slowly it, it now that makes it sound very stark and it is but yeah. what what slowly starts happening is you start getting a very like um humanist viewpoint in the game it's so like you mm -hmm. go to a bar and somebody whips a drink at you because you are essentially uh, definitely an allegory for like uh, immigration in america where mm -hmm. people are like oh you're taking our jobs you robot you know uh and the bartender you know throws them out and says hey if you want to work here go ahead like I i'd love to have the help and slowly you start like learning more about this bartender and their life and then there's these people who are trying to they're building a ship that is going to like essentially seed a planet and the corporation that's running the ship is having a raffle of all mm. the workers to try and get on the ship. So you can choose to help out these people and maybe get a raffle. And then of course, spoilers for people uh, on the podcast who uh, are want to play it. So, you know, maybe skip ahead by a couple of seconds, but um, of course the corporation's lottery picks no one. And right. Um, but as a as a robot, you can manipulate the like basically like steal tickets and get these people on there. So it is gorgeous. The artwork is stunning. It's um, it's all done by a, a very small team. Uh, and yeah, it, it's just got some real like great sci fi stuff. At one point, you meet a sentient vending machine who has basically transcended into almost like a robot god. Um, but is 100% housed in a machine. And so you're just oh like, my gosh. you're visiting this vending machine who's trying to like get you to embrace your robotic side. Um, yeah. There, yeah. And, and the entire thing though is, you know, you have to make, your, it's all underpinned by this very um, stressful uh, desire, you know, need to stay alive where, yeah. You know, I was working, one of the storylines is you're helping this person get their ship put to, back together. Mm -hmm. And they're like a mining operation. And at the very end, this person's, the entire time is like, if you fuck me over, I will kill you. And you're like, no, I'm not going to, like, I'm helping you. You're giving me money. And at the very end, they give you an insanely large amount of money and said, like, basically, buy me an engine. And you're like, okay, but I'm starving. Like, I cannot. And theoretically, this person, you could leave that person high and dry and take that and like actually get ahead maybe oh, for the wow. first time in your existence. Uh -huh. And 
but yeah and so it's that's the kind of gameplay element meanwhile the writing is incredibly like somber but beautiful you know it's a rumination on this um robot who has still kind of like memories of their human dna and like gets like flashes of those memories but it's like that's not me right that's not who i am and so yeah it's it's stunning like it truly is just an absolute gem that sounds incredible man and for folks listening i i don't know if i've mentioned this on the show but i don't really play video games um i like my partner chris has a switch that i got for her a few years ago and i like watching her play zelda but i don't really want to play it you know (laughs) um and but this sounds like something i would be interested in oh yeah I have so I did I did some research by which I mean I read the Wikipedia page for this. <laughs> yeah, of course, right? And Deep. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, I feel like an expert now. But it talked about the development of the game, and it says during development, uh, this guy Gareth Damian Martin, who was the designer and the writer, yeah, uh, according to the Wikipedia at least, was focused on the intimate feeling of people coming together and their own experiences as a non-binary person struggling to make ends meet in a city through the gig economy. Uh-huh. Just my, my question to you is as, as a, someone ignorant of video games are designers like that. Is it like authors or filmmakers that, you know, Gareth Damian Martin makes, you know, a game and releases it. And you're like, I got to play the new Martin game. Uh, very famously, maybe the most famous example of this is uh, Sid Meier's, who created mm-hmm. Civilization. Um, so uh, for people who are playing video games, classic video game, like old school PC video game. And when he was making it, uh, the one of the people at his company was like, oh, well, you, you need to make it Sid Meier's Civilization. He's like, well, why? And he's like, because that's how your name is going to get out there. He might be one of the only designers to do that. So there's definitely people that you can follow. But in fact, one of the ways that video game companies um, help to keep workers down is by making sure you don't know who designs video games. You know, who knows who makes Call of Duty, right? You just know the company's name. And it doesn't Uh... matter if everyone leaves that company, all the creative talent goes out. People still say, well, I love that company. It's like, well, the company is the workers. Right. so there's definitely auteurs and these people who make just absolutely stunning games. Um, but for the most part, it's such a collaborative process. I mean, there are very few and far between video games where it's just one person just crushing it because you're right. You ha- I mean, if think of it's like, it's like a musician being a one man band. Like, you know, it's your Andrew birds who are sitting there playing every instrument, writing everything lyrics, you know, it's like, those people I think are so few and far between because you have to essentially be as good as everybody else is at every aspect of the creation. You have right. to be so good at art, so good at writing, so good at programming, so good at game design, like just crazy. It's incredible how much goes into that. Yeah, that's such a great point, especially about this particular game, you know, describing it as, as like a novel. Um, I mean, th- you have to be you have to be on point with that writing and just, I mean, I was thinking about this recently. I was thinking about like going into the new year resolutions that kind of, I love the new year. I love looking at it as a time to reflect and as a time to strive for something new and make changes. And I do make resolutions and usually I, I do pretty well with them because I make, I make them very manageable and keep up with them. But I was just thinking about like adding to sort of my creative repertoire and I was like, I'd really like to be playing more guitar. And this is one I do mm. almost every year. 
where I say I'm going to do it. Some years I, I, I'm really good about it. And some years I, I fall off. Like my guitar's broken right now. And that's kind of getting in the way of, uh, but that's an excuse. I need to just get it fucking fixed. Um, but my point is that I was thinking about how hard it is to be good at writing. Mm-hmm. Like to just to the one thing, the thing that I, that I'm probably most passionately about creatively, it, it, it would help me, of course, to be exploring other aspects of my creativity, but then that's taking away from the physical act of writing and trying to get better at that thing. And so when you have something like this, where you've got somebody who is creating this game and it looks like it's mostly like, it's got this list artists, but he's the designer and he's the writer. It just, it's unbelievable how much goes into these things, oh, yeah. you, know, you know, how much goes into and and this is going to be a segue in a minute to to talking about the film Amsterdam. How much goes into creating something like that? It's remarkable, and I think sometimes when the when the the finished product gets to us, uh, it's easy to lose sight of just how many people have to be on the same page. How much work goes into it? Oh yeah. I mean, the more I dive in with artists who are making records the more you realize like how much fucking work that is to make an album. Like there is so much that has to go into that. Even one that's maybe stripped down and not as involved, or maybe you don't have as many musicians. It's still a lot of work to do it with any fidelity to the art. And it's remarkable what is happening with video games. Oh yeah. I mean, like it's crazy. Uh, the, the thing that I think is really interesting about video games, especially ones with small t- I think indie video games are absolutely blowing up. Last year, there's mm. a dozen indie video games I could I could say um, who have great viewpoints on this stuff. But you have to think to picture an album that takes three years to make, and mm. then think about how midway through you might just lose your uh, audio engineer, and you're like, yeah. all right, well now we need a new audio engineer or an editor mm. or like, and that's what video games go through is basically. You know, you it's so collaborative and every person is getting a hand on the ball. And imagine like trying to keep that cohesion of a, of a story in a video game and then midway through somebody just leaves. And now yeah. you have to like bring in somebody else in this very creative process. But yeah, this game just stunned me. I played it and it's quick. You have many off ramps where you can basically um, end the story in all these different ways. And uh, the, you know, the one thing I forgot to mention, but I think you definitely it's available for the switch. So a good purchase, maybe a, a couch game for you and Chris. Yeah. Um, the one thing I love about this game is when something is happening, you get a clock on your character. So it'll be like, it'll be like um, bounty hunter, eventually a bounty hunters coming after you and you have to try to evade him and you get a clock. And every time you're doing something else, that clock is filling up with pieces, basically being like, a visual representation of how how close you are to getting killed or brought in oh, and wow. losing your will yeah. and like starvation is on the clock like but so is like helping out your friends is on the clock like so the entire game is all this kind of visual representation uh, of how many how easy it is to just lose it right and you mm-hmm. roll the dice every day and some days you might roll all ones and now now you're not feeding yourself. You're not helping your friends. You're not doing, and it's, yeah, it's, it's stunning. I think it's something that you and Chris, I think would love to play together. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, like I said, the other thing about what you're saying that made me think of it is when you said visual novel, or when you said even writing, 
think about writing a novel where somebody might just skip a third of the pages. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. And and that's what these people do is, you know, because it's a branching narrative, it's like, well, they may never see this part of it. They mm-hmm. may um, choose this over that. You have to have multiple different endings for different stories. I mean, the fact that the writing is so good in this, so atmospheric, it just transports you um, because the art is all very still. It's not animated. It's not move it based. So the writing <laughs> is really what's conveying the sense of, uh, despair or hope or you know human uh, you know just the what it means to be human oh tremendous awesome man yeah that the off-ramp sounds great it reminds me of the time that you led a role-playing game with me and chris and our friend brian and i kept trying to kill myself to get out of the game yeah. and you, you wouldn't let me yeah well <laughs> <laughs> oh, i man. love it yeah i'll check it out man thanks for thanks for that i um Video games is one of those, it, it, it's one of those things, um, and I can think of other examples of things that I really appreciate. Like I, I, I appreciate the art. I appreciate the work that goes into it, but it's just hasn't been for me. I just haven't uh-huh. found that thing. I mean, as a kid, I played Mario brothers and all the stuff on the sure. NES, right. And, uh, NBA jam on my game boy. But like, as an adult, I just haven't had anything, you know, get a hold of me. And I think part of it is, just again, how much time and energy do you have? If you're going to yeah. play a game like this, you're you need to dedicate some time to it. You know, yeah. you're you're it's it's an, an involved experience. It's not Mario Kart. You don't just pick it up and you know play it, and ten minutes later you can be done. It's something that you you want to put in that that um, time and effort, like you would a book or a film or whatever. So, um, I'll check it out though. I am I am interested, uh, and it sounds really really cool. All right, let's switch gears and talk about my favorite film I've seen in a long time. Uh, it has a whopping 32% on Rotten Tomatoes. Whoa. <laughs> Some of the reviews say things like, I wouldn't have missed the pro-democracy speeches that overwhelm Amsterdam in the end had they been tacked back. But despite Russell's strenuous efforts, you c- actually can't have everything. I don't, I don't even know what the fuck that means. Like, <laughs> So I, Chris and I watched this. It's directed by David O. Russell. Um, David O. Russell, for folks listening, if you're not familiar, he directed The Fighter, uh, Silver Linings Playbook, Three Kings, I Heart Huckabees. All are great films, um, among others. He is, um, I just learned through this process, he is a controversial character. He um, once apparently put Christopher Nolan in a headlock and threatened him. <laughs> <laughs> because Christopher Nolan had stolen Jude Law from I Heart Huckabees. Um, and that apparently led Christopher Nolan to back off and and let Jude Law finish uh, filming I Heart Huckabees. He, David O. Russell, has also admitted to sexual misconduct against against his 19-year-old niece. So not exactly, a, not exactly a sweetheart, but a hell of a director. Yeah. And um, man, I love this film. It, I didn't. So I went into it kind of blind. I did not realize it was David O. Russell. Uh, and I, and again, I like his films. Um, I uh, did not realize that it starred Christian Bale and Margot Robbie and Chris Rock is in it. Taylor mm-hmm. Swift is in it. Um, just like huge names. Uh, John David Washington, who is wonderful. And I did not realize is the son of Denzel Washington. Um, also did not realize that he was a professional football player for a little while. He played in the United Oh, didn't football realize League. that. Yeah, he played hmm. for the Sacramento Mountain Lions of the the old UFL. 
he also played football at Morehouse. Um, so he's great. Uh, Black Black Klansman is the one that I think the film that most people were introduced to him by, and it was just an absolutely excellent film. All of these actors that I'm mentioning, just and, and then Michael Shannon's in it. Um, just it's ridiculous. Uh, Robert De Niro. I'm forgetting about Robert De Niro. <laughs> you know, just just casual. Just Bob. Just, you know, yeah. just Bob. And I thought it was stunning. I like we watched it together, and uh, you know, Chris and I usually have similar taste, but there are times when we, when we diverge. Uh, but we absolutely both looked at each other like that was amazing. And so I asked her, I was like, how much do you think it, it costs to make this? And so she Googled the film and just like the internet just vomited about how awful this film is. And like, as soon as we looked it up and I just think some of the, the criticisms of it. So the plot is a lot to follow. Um, it takes a lot of twists and turns, but that's David O. Russell. I mean, that's just what I come to expect. It's a little wacky. I come to expect that from David O. Russell. If you watch a film like I Heart Huckabees, you see that's there's a similar kind of flow to it, I would say, to I Heart Huckabees. Um, but I also think the thing that captivated me the most about it is that there is a the, – the overarching theme of this, there's a couple of them, right? Friendship is one. Um, but another one is anti-fascism. And I just think like it, this is loosely based on on true events. And I just think we don't, as a society, talk enough about how many Nazis there are in America, like literal Nazis, not not people that are on the alt-right or whatever, like actual Nazis and mm -hmm. how long they've been here. I think for a lot of us, we were caught, caught flat-footed, and I think I'm probably somewhat guilty of this, caught flat-footed by the MAGA movement. And uh, we shouldn't have been because literal Nazis held rallies, right? Like it, it's, and still are obviously right. Um, all over the place. And so like a, a Trump or a DeSantis or whatever, those folks, it's not, it shouldn't be all that surprising to us. And I think the more we can illuminate in our popular culture, um, the existence of fascism in the United States and, and, um, address it in a way that is beautifully done, I would argue. I thought the writing was great in this thing. Um, one of the reviews, let me find this review. So funny to me. All right. So Carla Renata, the curvy film critic who's wrong about everything, says, although the production, costume, hair, and makeup design are outstanding, the material never rises to the superb level of its all-star cast. Carla, you're saying, yeah, the production was amazing. The costumes were amazing. The hair and makeup design are outstanding. The art direction is incredible. The acting was fantastic. I mean, she basically just said, this film is so great and I hate it. So you said it wasn't your speed. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny you say that because I do love the idea of what you're saying. I, I think that, uh, one of my favorite things, one of my degrees is in religion, and right. I love contextualizing things that people think they know. Um, and so fascism in America is a great example. I recently had a trivia question that I did with my family where I said, you know, very famously, Captain America punches what world leader in his very first issue? And it was Hitler. Very famous cover. And at the time that came out in 1941, 
people were upset. They said, this is inappropriate. You shouldn't have a comic book character punching a world leader. You know, and now everyone's like, ah, classic America beating the Nazis. But right. at the time, people were like, pretty go hung about Hitler. They're like, look at him turning Germany around, making it a productive country. Right. And so adding that contextualization, I think, is what history needs. Right. It's mm-hmm. it's what is missing. It's what lets you get it's what lets people get away from saying things like, oh, you know, the Civil War wasn't about slavery because right. they, they don't care about the context. And they will try and and remove context from it to fit a narrative. Mm -hmm. So I like that aspect of it. But man, I cannot deal with heavy handed dramas, which is what the vibe I got when I heard about this movie is is not the because I actually really do like I Heart Huckabee's I Three Kings is one of those movies that I always when I think about I'm like, man, Three Kings is really good. It's good. Um, Yep. But. It, it, those are the movies I'm just like, I, you know, it really was the pandemic that just totally killed my, like, you know, at that mm. time, I was just like, I can't, like, I yeah. cannot deal with this. Um, and so, yeah, so it, that's, that's why I say it's not my speed. It's like one of those movies where I'm like, I'm sure all of those things are true and great. And I still probably don't want to sit through it. And it's got a pretty decent runtime, correct? Yeah, it, it it's like two hours and it's 134 minutes. So, um, yeah, two plus hours. Yeah. But honestly, it didn't feel like that. It's also mm. what I, I neglected to mention here in the, a couple of the critics who said at least something positive about it, mentioned this it's hilarious. Um, hmm. and so you're, you are dealing with really heavy themes, but the comedic relief is just perfect. And, um, there are so many like true laugh out loud moments in this film and I really like when Christian Bale does that kind of thing. I think he's I think he's one of our oh, great, yeah. great actors, of course. But also, um, I wasn't really all that familiar with Margot Robbie. I did not know much about her. She's hilarious in it. John oh, David yeah. Washington is outstanding in it. Um, of course, uh, Michael Shannon is ex. Mike Myers is in it. Uh, man what is going on mike byers like i feel like his whole career now is just like ah, i'm just gonna show up like, do whatever i want yeah. yeah exactly like never never like mainlining a movie just like i'm gonna show up for a little part in this one love it like he plays this kind of like secret agent uh guy he's like a government agent of some sort i forget i i think the titles were made up you know but mm-hmm. um he and michael shannon are like this this duo and it's just so great. I mean, those yeah, guys course. playing off of each other, and those guys are both just such pros and so good at oh, what yeah. they do. Um, and so, it, like, that's the other thing about it is that it clipped along. And 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 I think part of what people were critical of is the fact that again, the plot it really it it really kind of goes all over the place. It's the wacky inflatable tube plot, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it, I I get that. I totally get that. But I feel like. You know, because we we meet we meet our main characters, and then we kind of have this whole flashback sequence, and then we come back to the present day. And uh, I loved how they I loved that 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 it was done that way because I, I think from very early in the film, I was invested in these characters. Hmm. Um, and th- this is the thing that for me is really important with any film or any TV show. Um. I need to I need to root for somebody, and so that's why yeah. I sh- I really struggle with with shows and films where I don't feel like I'm invested, in, and and I feel like this happens a lot. This is why I didn't like The Wire. I just didn't get invested in anybody in The Wire. Sure. Um, I didn't want any of them to be successful, and 
you know, some folks have criticized that when I say that and say, well, you, you gotta, you gotta give it a couple seasons uh, before mm-hmm. you get invested. You, I'm like, you gotta spend it a hundred hours. Right. And I'm like, to, I, I just watched, really I, I just watched the first episode of this. Right. You know, and I'm like, mm. I mean, the first season of this, I watched the whole first season. I've done it twice. Cause mm. uh, you know, it's supposed to be the greatest show ever. And I'm like, I, I'm just not invested in any of these characters. I'm not yeah. rooting for any of them. And there are so many characters in this film that you can root for. And even the bad guys, I mean, well, the bad guys are Nazis, but there are some folks that you can see are more a product of their environment. Sure. Three-dimensional characters. Exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, the music's awesome in it too. It's just outstanding. And it, it really cracked me up to uh to look at the reviews and it's 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 also kind of like a lesson in uh preconceived ideas about uh, about art that we're going to consume um and going into things with with that open mind and because I, i didn't really i'd heard people say decent things about it on twitter and that's why i watched it and as i make most of my decisions right right and uh so I, but I but I didn't do any research on it, and I'd seen a preview that looked great, and so I, I kind of came into it as a blank slate. And I think in doing so, uh, I was much more open to it than I may have, might have been if I'd already read those yep. reviews. You know, I uh, I got Movie Pass a number of years ago when I was living in Jacksonville, Florida, mm-hmm. and because I could go see movies for essentially free, I stopped watching trailers, and that is now I ne- I don't watch trailers at all. And sometimes you just get, um, I saw last year, everything everywhere all at once, no, no trailer. And I, I mean, like, I think the greatest gift you can give to somebody is to curate something to a point where they don't know about it. And you can just like, let them experience it. And it is beautiful. So So, yeah, I mean that movie alone, but, but exactly what you're saying is I think yeah, and I think that is something that people, I think nowadays people really struggle with is to say, I want somebody to tell me how to think about this thing rather yeah, yeah. than to digest it and think for myself. Um, I am 100% guilty of that. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's very true. I also find it interesting because like you said, even in this conversation, I was like, ah, two hours is a lot. Meanwhile, my pick is like, ah, you know, you can get it done in a weekend, six, eight hours, 10 hours, yeah, like, you'll, yeah. you'll be done. And it's like, but, I, yeah, I think I, I am the same way with uh, needing to have a character that you can root for. I'll be um, honest, you piqued my interest. I might, uh, when it gets onto streaming, I might, I might, I might see it. No excuses, baby. It's already on streaming. You can go oh, watch it. Love it. On HBO, I think. I forget where we watched it, but the Google, the Google machine will tell you if you look. It'll it up. tell me. Um, that's great, man. Good. Uh, anything else? Any um, any music you've been listening to or book you've been reading? You're fired up about at the moment. <sighs> Yeah, I've been listening to, um, uh, honestly, because of the uh, cold uh, that is up here in Minnesota, uh, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's they shut down, I did not go home for Christmas because they shut down our highways and literally said, you know, if you're stranded, we are sorry, if we can get to you, you will pay the price, like <laughs> literally pay for us to rescue you because it is illegal. Yeah. Um, but I've been listening to um, Clipping a lot. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Clipping. You, you turned me on to them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Their horror album. I just keep going back to it. It's a perfect album to listen to when um, uh, when they're just like you're in these quiet, dark nights. And uh, yeah, they're great. Cl- Clipping about- is uh, David Diggs, right? From, yeah, David uh, Diggs. Hamilton. Yep. 
Famously yep. from Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. Famously from Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, yep, yep. And he's he's tremendous in it. And, uh, you know, they're 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 very atmospheric. Uh, and yeah, it's great. How about you? You know, it's funny, man. I I just won my fantasy football league yesterday. Congrats. Thank you, um, buddy. When I tell you I earned that win. <laughs> You did the work, buddy. You, I, you got to the field and you made those touchdowns. I was tackling people. <laughs> I was tackling imaginary football players. I, I, dude, I listened to every podcast. Like I put all of my, <laughs> I put all my normal podcasts like on the shelf. Um, when I was when I work out, I've been working out in the mornings before work, and I usually would listen to a podcast or some music. That's a good time mm-hmm. to listen to new records. Nope. None of that. Nope. There's no time. They for need that. you out there. They need me. And what happened was it's just, you know, I mean, I claim I'm not competitive, but everybody in my life says that's not true. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. <laughs> and so I finished in last place in this thing last year. Oh, dead last. Right. And love it. And I put in effort, but nothing like the. I mean, I think the payout is like fifteen hundred dollars. Oh, OK. Which is significant, but it's like yeah. it boils down to like thirty. 30 cents an hour in terms of the work I put in. <laughs> you were reviewing the tape. Like you were like running it back. <laughs> I was reading like the nerdiest, you know, of course, like stat advanced metrics and stuff. And um, See, call, like calling into radio shows. <laughs> and this is what's funny to me because when people are like, yeah, D and D what a nerd thing to do. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't call into the D and D radio shows. And yeah. Like, how do I kill this dragon? Right. Yeah, buddy. I'm I'll own it. Um, so I haven't listened to as much music as I I normally mm-hmm. would. Uh it, the the record that that um the recent release that I've listened to the most is probably a deem the artist's white trash revelry. Hmm. Um and uh I've I gotta get them on the show. We we tried to catch up a couple times this year. One time my car broke down. The the car I was borrowing broke down because my other Ooh. car was in the shop like because <laughs> they were opening for american aquarium and i was trying to get up there oh was, that must have been a absolute killer show i i i'm sure it was yeah <laughs> I, I oh, didn't get to go that's brutal um and then the second time we were supposed to catch up my mom had a heart procedure and so i had mm. like i was supposed to go to americana fest and, and i was going to interview like five different artists and so i ended up you know staying to take care of mom uh but that record and and I love what I love about it is they did what they called a redneck fundraiser where mm-hmm. they just asked people to basically send them money, just Venmo them. And that's how they funded this thing, which is awesome. Love it. And so uh, like thousands of people just sent a dollar or two, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, they told us when, when they were, when they were doing the fundraiser, this record is going to be good. And I just thought that was so cool. You know, like mm-hmm. who says that? <laughs> who says like, Hey, I got this batch of songs. They're fucking good. Help me help me make them. I love that, you know, because yeah. I feel that way about my show. I feel like, you know, we're doing good work. And and sometimes, uh, you know, I'll, I'll come out of an interview and I'll be like, kill that, buddy. Like, people need to hear this. <laughs> uh, and I love that confidence because so, so many times yeah. in art, we don't, um, I don't know. It's like frowned upon to, to, to sure. you know, say that you did something good. I'm not saying any, like bragging, but like. I don't know. There's something weird about art where you're called not supposed shot. to say that. Yeah. And um, so I love that about them. So that's the one record that I have been kind of listening to. And then the, the new Trample by Turtles that came out a couple months ago, Alpenglow, mm-hmm. 
I think it came out a couple months ago. I bought the copy, a copy that a couple months ago. And those two records have been keeping me company. Um, uh, those and the Yahoo fantasy, f- uh, focus. <laughs> but Hey, I won oh. and I'm going to take all that money and I'm going to put it toward a trip to Omaha, Nebraska. And I'm going to go see Whoa. Jason is Omaha. I know. Right. I'm going to go see Jason Isbell in North Dakota. And then I'm going to drive and see the drive by truckers in Iowa. Cause I've never been to those three States. Well, just saying Iowa, the, you know, right, right above it, Minnesota. Hey, if uh, it's my, my spring break. So maybe, maybe shoot up there. Yeah. Depending on how far it is. Well, buddy, thank you. Everybody listening. Um, this is, this one's available for free, but in the future, you gotta, you gotta subscribe to the Patreon. If you can swing it, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, I've opened up Patreon for $2 a month for everything. So I wanted to make it as accessible as possible. All the money goes right back into the show. We're going to do this once a month. I do Jason's journey where I talk about the, um, the moments that shape my creative life over there and, um, other kind of fun, Patreon exclusive things. So if you can swing it, we'd really appreciate it. Hope, hope y'all all enjoyed this episode and we will see you in a month where I will find some other work of art that has been panned by critics and brag about it and talk about how beautiful it is. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, bud.